The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration. Whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer, it's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. Walking down the road Tell me how long you gonna stay here, Joe Some people say This town don't look good in snow You don't care, I know Very happy Friday morning to you, October 20th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. We're heading to Ventura Highway (laughs) in the sunshine. I love it. Yeah, doesn't that sound nice? It sounds incredibly nice. I think I'll do that. I think you should do that. Absolutely. Well, good luck. Have, have, Have fun travels. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. So beautiful day out there today. Heading to the weekend, it looks like it's going to be a pretty nice weekend. Maybe not as nice as what we once thought earlier in the week, where it looked like it was going to be sunny all weekend long. But, you know, that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. We've had some incredible days here recently. Yeah, we really have. So we can't complain. We just want it to be on the weekend when we're all home. That's right. So we can enjoy it a little bit longer. But it's beautiful to be able to work and look out the window and appreciate. At noontime, we've been going outside to pray in our little garage area here so it's it's good it's nice yeah it's all good you can see a little fog again this morning so be prepared for that i see that in the forecast and then uh yeah not too bad today 69 degrees eh, but probably about average maybe actually a little above average i think six mid 60s about average right now so okay hey, but looking pretty good mowed the yard yesterday felt pretty good about that well good for you never really dried out though even though it was sunny it's it, you know the, the sun's kind of yeah, mushy not getting up the sun's not getting high enough in the <laughs> sky now in the to, sky. to dry it out it's so. hard when you're driving home in the afternoon i'm noticing yeah, on the on the clear days, the sun again, it's so low, it's just getting right into your eyes. But I tell you what, David, I am going to enjoy myself though some nice weather this weekend. Yeah. I'm heading out this afternoon down to Southern California I know. to Ventura visit my Highway. Mom. That's it. Yeah. I'm gonna visit my mom and dad. I check the weather in beautiful Escondido, California. It's going to be eighty eight degrees Ooh, tomorrow. Wow. I pack shorts. Yeah, I was gonna say that's nice. <laughs> 88. 85, 88, I think is what I was looking at. So for this time of year, mid-October, is that typical? Uh, I think it's a little warmer than usual. Yeah. Uh, But I can remember, again, though, it's hit and miss. I mean, Southern California is that way. Like, it can be cool. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think Monday it looks like the clouds roll in and it's going to rain and cool way off. Oh, okay. Then in between, when the sun's out, it'll warm up. There's been Novembers, like like Thanksgivings, that, that's been real hot. Right. So, yeah, yeah that's that's how it's going to be. But, yeah, going to go visit the family, check in on Mom and Dad. Nice. I'm sure they are listening. Hi, so Mom I and Dad. can't wait to get down your daughter's there. daughter's coming your way. I think already my mom is planning a dinner. Oh, She's well, that's nice. She's been working nice. on it. So, thank you, Mom. Yeah. I can't wait. 
Beautiful. You gonna go to the Chargers game while you're no, down there? No, they're in Los Angeles. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Right, so I keep thinking San Diego. Isn't that terrible? Well, a lot, how far is? How long does it take to drive from San Diego to L.A.? So where the SoFi is, which I think is in it's in Inglewood. Oh, Car- okay, Inglewood. I'm yeah. thinking Carson Inglewood. I think it's like a couple hours. Okay. I mean, it's a it's it's a drive. It'd be it's probably closer for me to go from my parents' home to SoFi Stadium than it is from my home here to get to the Seattle yeah. Stadium to watch a Seahawks game. Oh, okay. It's closer yeah. in Southern California, right. but I'm not going to do that. No, I will only see the Chargers if they are San Diego Chargers. Yeah. I'll still love and support them. Right, but uh, that's all. Gonna I'm not going to I'm not going to offer any funds. Going to head down there. to Tijuana. <laughs> oh, oh, that's. Yeah, did you do that as a? Oh, for yeah, sure. Go down because you're yeah. so close. How, now, see how far is that from where you were living? If you want now, to go that's, to Mexico, that's closer. That's within an hour. Okay. You can get to the Mexico border within an hour from our okay. our house there. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we took a quick. cruise one time out of San Diego to Ensenada. Oh yeah, yeah, it was fun. We had that, a good time. That's great. Yeah, it's it's just kind of a weird time right now. So we yeah. didn't. I don't know. I mean, I think the kids were little the last time we drove into uh, Mexico and camped. Right. I mean, really, our 18-year-old son was probably two or three oh, okay. at that yeah. time. It's been a while. But so. it's So, yeah, yeah it's been All a little right. while. But I could if yeah. I wanted to. Well, look, at have a nice have a nice trip. Okay. Yeah. And, and on that note, though, I, I am going to take a little extended weekend. So we're going to have a best of for everyone on Monday, Monday morning right. of the morning blend. You don't we'll have to get up early? No, you should still get up early, David. I'm not getting up early. <laughs> well, thanks for letting me know that. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. So what do you have coming up this morning? October is a month to support the church missions around the world. Archbishop Sample has some words for all of us for World Mission Sunday. So I've got that statement from him. All right. And Noah is out with its new forecast for the next three months. What? Uh, I believe it is going to be an El Nino year. So we've been talking about that, and they're kind of saying, yep, that's the case. It looks like it's forming. So what does that mean for us? I'll Uh, be interested to know. Yeah, we'll tell you. Okay. So we've got a great show ahead for you on this Friday morning. Here is Teresa Peterson and Faithful. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
That is Teresa Peterson and Faithful. It is 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Friday morning. You know, a couple of days ago, you did a story about Catholic Charities of Oregon looking for help to find some homes for refugees here in the area. So we're going to talk to Natalie Wood, the Executive Director of Catholic Charities, right after the forecast. Nice. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Brother Louis-Marie de Montfort. Please join me in the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your sacred heart, the salvation of souls, and in reparation for sins committed against the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate hearts of Mary. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Matre Day Radio is in prayerful pursuit of a Catholic media all-star. Are you passionate about engaging others into a joyful encounter with Jesus Christ? You could be our next show host and media producer. This full-time position leads the planning, promotion, and execution of outstanding dynamic Catholic programming across multiple platforms, including the Hail Mary Media app. Matre Day Radio offers you competitive pay, medical, dental, and vision insurance, a retirement account with a company match, and unique chances for spiritual growth and development. Could a spot on our evangelization team be the right place for you? Don't wait. Get all the details on this exciting opportunity now and find out how to apply at MatradayRadio.com. That's MatradayRadio.com to learn more. You could be our next show host and media producer, helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Matraday Radio. It is 7.13 here at Mater Day Radio, another foggy morning. They say this morning, some areas, David, outlying areas, only getting about a quarter of a mile yeah. visibility. It's thick out there. But once again, it is going to burn off by mid-morning and a pretty nice day ahead. Partly cloudy afternoon, though, will keep temperatures to 70 degrees and overnight cooling down to the low 50s. Tomorrow, though, be- clouds will begin to build through the day and temperatures going to keep to the middle 60s. There's about a 50% chance of rain beginning after 11 p.m. Going to keep up into Sunday. All right, 59 degrees at St. Stanislaus Church in Portland. And it is also 59 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. 
Catholic Charities of Oregon is seeking help to find temporary housing for refugees who are resettling in the greater Portland area. Joining Monterey Radio this morning to provide us with more details is the Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Oregon, Natalie Wood. Hey, Natalie, thank you again for spending some time with us. Oh, thank you so much, David. I always enjoy my time here. Well, this is a issue that I actually saw on the local news talking about this. And Mm -hmm. so tell me a little bit about what you're looking for here for the refugees. We get refugees from all over the world and we have to place them in housing and help them get stabilized. And we're having a terrible time finding affordable housing for the refugees. And so we're looking for people who have rooms they would like to uh, donate or uh, maybe entire houses or uh, maybe apartments that they would like to donate for refugees to live in. Mm -hmm. So are these for families, individuals? Uh, What's the uh, numbers that you're looking at here? Yeah, well, it's both. We've got singles and we have families. We have very large families. Some of them have up to seven to eight children. You know, if it's a house, we can put several different individuals in there sometimes Mm -hmm. and let them live. Um, We can put a couple of families. So it it just really differs. Um, But we have a full range, whatever you would like to support. Right. And so is there uh, a time frame that you'd like the rooms for six months, a year? I mean, what what are the logistics, I guess? Well, that would be totally dependent upon the individual who has the housing. Mm -hmm. And they would work with Catholic Charities and let them know what that time frame would be and what they would like in the home and those kinds of things. And we have individuals who do that now, volunteer hosts. There's been write-ups of it in the paper of uh, how well it's gone. The entire neighborhoods will adopt them and kind of help the family transition to a life here in the United States. Sure. Now, how many refugees are we talking about now in the area? So last year we placed a little over 200, and this year, which the government year runs October to September, right? Um, and um, we're going to place probably a little over 300 because they're increasing the number that they're sending over. And so we're looking at this year about 300, a little over And it depends, of course, on what happens now with what's going on in the Middle East. Yeah, yeah, thinking about that, too. So Mm -hmm. are the refugees coming from all over the world's particular countries? I mean, how do they come here? Yeah, well, the federal government, most of them have been in refugee camps for years. Mm -hmm. And they have to go through a very long process in order to get vetted. And then once they finish all of that, then the federal government... Um, sends them through, uh, and they send them to a location. So that goes through either USCCB, um, the Lutherans. It really all um, depends on availability of space where they send them. Right. And, um, you know, we get them a lot, Congolese, Burmese. We're getting Afghans. Mm-hmm. So it really just depends on 
what's going on in the world and where we've got the most refugees that they're moving at the time. Mm-hmm. So as far as funding is concerned, mm-hmm. is this something new now that you're looking for these homes uh, assistance? Is funding dried up, so to speak, or what's happening there? Yeah, they only provide so much money that um, you're able to spend with the refugee family. Mm-hmm. And the cost of housing in Portland is so expensive that it doesn't cover. We can put them, when they come in, we can put them in temporary housing, which is usually a motel. Mm-hmm. And um, we can maybe keep them there a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months at the most. It really depends on the size of the family. Yeah, You know, when you get into some of these really larger families, it gets very expensive to be able to house them. Sure, and these are federal funds that help. Right, yeah. these are federal funds that help, and we have 90 days to help them transition. So as this process goes on, how would people who are hearing this, or maybe they saw the story on the news, television news, to get a hold of Catholic Charities, what's the best way to do that if they have Mm -hmm. some space, Mm -hmm. some rooms that they can Mm -hmm. give up? Well, they can go onto our website. That's the best place to go. Okay. And um, when they go on the website, they'll be... We, sh- we have spaces where they can click and it'll take them directly to where they need to go in order to be able to fill this out. Housing is the basic necessity for refugees right. like when they get here. You know, they've lived in uh, refugee camps for so long, some of them 10, 12 years. Some of them were children were born in the refugee camps. Mm-hmm. They've grown up in the refugee camps. They don't know anything else sure. about refugee camps. To get them here and to get them stable so they begin to think of this place as home and start their lives anew are, are really, is really important. Yeah. And housing is your foundation. It's where you are able to feel safe, secure, and at peace. And yeah. so it's very important to be able to provide that gift to them. I think we've talked about this before, too, that the people who volunteer their homes or their rooms, they get a lot out of it as well. They do. It's very meaningful to them to be able to see once they start to meet the people and learn what the people have gone through, what they've lived through, um, you know, what they've experienced, and they begin to see what their needs are and they begin to help them. It's really a gift that gives back so much to you. It helps you really reevaluate your own life Mm -hmm. and all the gifts and blessings that God has given us, really. Again, go to catholiccharitiesoregon.org, catholiccharitiesoregon.org, and you can find out more and how to help. Speaking with Natalie Wood, the Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Oregon, I want to talk about another uh, issue here, too, and that is you have a grand opening coming up in Happy Valley. This is for a new permanent supporting housing project. This is pretty exciting. Yes, it is. We're very excited. That's our Good Shepherd Village. We have our grand opening November 6th. And it's right around the corner. Yeah, it and is. we're very excited. It's like 143 units. And of those 143 units, 35 of them are designated permanent supportive housing. And then the rest of them are affordable housing. It's the very first one in Happy Valley. And um, we're very excited to be able to offer it. It's got, you know, studio apartments, one bedrooms, two bedrooms, and even three bedrooms. Wow. So we'll be able to house families there, which we're really excited about. That's great. Now, are these people who are moving in there, are these people, some of the people maybe didn't have a home or on the streets, or what's the, what are the tenants? It's going to be both, you know, because affordable housing, people will be able to apply 
and the permanent supportive housing will be for those individuals who'll have to go through the regular channels to be able to get in when you're mm-hmm. on permanent supportive housing. And those are generally people who have been homeless. Some yeah. of them are cro- have been chronically homeless. And so it helps them. Some of them have disabilities. So it really helps them be able to stabilize. And we offer wraparound services there. And this is such a unique place. Yeah. It would never have been possible for us if not for the uh, Brookhamp family. They donated 11 acres to Catholic Charities wow. back in 2012. Four of those acres are actually like a natural preserve. It's mm. just beautiful. Yeah. And um, we're keeping that in the way that it was. And then the rest of the community has been set up. So we've got outdoor areas, gathering areas. We've got play areas for mm-hmm. the children. We've got, you know, wraparound services. So we'll be able to provide support to the families. Right. So they'll be able to maintain their homes. So we're very excited about this project. Yeah, One of the things I was reading about this, too, and this is maybe a volunteer effort, and that is putting welcome kits together. Did Am I right about that? Absolutely. Yeah. We try to have welcome kits because a lot of the people who move in, especially like the permanent supportive housing people, may have nothing because yeah. they're coming from the streets, right? Mm-hmm. Or they're coming from being homeless for a very long period of time. So usually when they move in, they have nothing and they need everything. And then the people moving into the affordable housing have been in similar situations where they have been fighting homelessness for Mm -hmm. some time or they've been really struggling with their finances. And so this really having those welcome baskets for them really allows us to say, welcome. This is a new beginning for you and we wish you all the best. Uh, that's fantastic. Again, you can learn about those welcome kits, what they look for in those kits if you go to Catholic Charities website. Again, that is catholiccharitiesoregon.org, all the information there. Natalie Wood, Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Oregon. Natalie, always great to talk with you. Appreciate the work. Oh, likewise. Likewise. We really appreciate you and the work you're doing here as well. Uh, thank you. God bless. God bless you. Bye-bye. It is 7.23 here at Mater Day Radio. Wow, what a powerful interview, David. They yeah. work tirelessly oh. to help those on the margins and those in need. Yeah, and you know, again, talking about the refugees and the rooms that they need, if you have the space, I mean, what a what a beautiful offering that would be uh, to help in that mm-hmm. regard. And uh, I know Catholic Charities would greatly appreciate that as well. So if you want to find out more information about the programs that Natalie was just talking about with the David, please go to materdayradio.com. I will include a link that'll get you right to Catholic Charities of Oregon, and you'll find that link on the podcast of that interview at materdayradio.com. You'll also access it on the Hail Mary media app. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. 
Dr. Bianco Family Dentist online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. It's the cup that refreshes the morning blend on Mater Day Radio. Yeah, what's the winter forecast going to look like? You know what? what? NOAA has its new predictions. Okay. So we'll have that for you coming up in the news. And how can all of us support the mission of the church around the world? Archbishop Sample issues a statement and explains how for World Mission Sunday. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. This is Cooper Ray. Wake the dawn. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Wake up the giant in my heart It sleeps so soundly in the dark Warm my soul with the morning sun Light up creation with all you've done Oh Lord, awaken my soul Come now and make me whole Wake up
That is Cooper Ray and Wake the Dawn. It is 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. October is the month to support our missions across the world, and this Sunday is World Mission Sunday. Archbishop Sample published a letter and discussed the church's mission and how their success is dependent on every individual Catholic's contribution and commitment to discipleship. He said, each October, the celebration of World Mission Sunday leads us to the heart of our Christian faith, the heart of the faith and the church is the mission of discipleship. In his World Message Sunday message for this year, Pope Francis encouraged us to have hearts on fire and feet on the move. Archbishop Sample goes on to say, I as you again to remember the needs of the people of the church serve in her worldwide missionary works and to offer our financial help through the propagation of the faith. Please be as generous as your means will allow and be assured of my personal gratitude for your generosity in the past. The missionary work of the church depends on each one of us. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration released its weather predictions yesterday for the next three months, showing most of the country is in for above-average temperatures through the end of the year, and that includes Oregon and Washington. NOAA says as we get closer to winter, the impacts of El Nino are becoming clearer. La Nina and El Nino both tend to reach their peak in the winter. Now, during an El Nino winter, the southern third half of the United States, including California, tends to get more precipitation. Meanwhile, the Pacific Northwest and parts of the Ohio Valley tend to be dry and warm. Last week, national forecasters said there is a 75 to 85 percent chance that we see a strong El Nino through the winter season, there's a 30% chance it ends up being one of the strongest ever recorded. Okay. So warmer and drier warmer for us. Warmer and drier yeah. for okay. Which for snowpack, not, not so good. Not so good. But again, these are trends, and so you never quite know how they'll play out. So wait and see. Wait and see. That's it. With the seemingly endless rotation of events taking place in and around the Vatican this month, Thursday saw several significant developments for both local initiatives and issues of international relevance. Participants in the Pope's Synod of Bishops on Synodality, which is nearing the conclusion of its first Rome-based discussion, offered an update on the process and addressed criticism, while Pope Francis himself presided over a high-profile prayer event on behalf of migrants and refugees. Jewish leaders also met with the Pope at the Vatican against the backdrop of a new war between Israel and Hamas that observers warn is threatening regional security. While dozens of priests from Nicaragua arrived in Rome as tensions between church and state in the country worsened. And the panel spoke also about the issue of migration ahead of a special prayer for migrants and refugees led by Pope Francis in St. Peter's Square Thursday evening and addressed suspicions of alleged conspiracy to manipulate the synod process. When asked about allegations that a liberal cabal is directing the synod in a way that is meant to change the church teachings on hot button topic issues such as women's priestly ordination and homosexuality, Bishop Daniel Flores of Brownsville, Texas said, we live in a very suspicious age. 
Well, the U.S. State Department issued a rare worldwide caution alert yesterday to advise all U.S. citizens abroad to exercise increased caution, citing increased tension in various locations around the world, the potential for terrorist attacks, demonstrations, or violent actions against U.S. citizens and interests. The alert comes as protests have erupted throughout the Middle East in response to the Israel-Hamas war, with many demonstrators targeting U.S. diplomatic compounds. The State Department has raised the travel advisory for Lebanon and Israel to the highest level and has authorized non-emergency U.S. government personnel and family members to depart. The State Department last issued this kind of alert in August 2022, warning that terrorist organizations may seek to attack U.S. facilities, personnel, or citizens. Well, a frightening afternoon at high school in Vancouver. Lockdowns at Evergreen High School and Cascade Middle School in Vancouver were lifted Thursday afternoon after a report of gunshots in the area earlier in the day. School officials confirmed a teenage suspect is in custody. Burton Elementary School was also temporarily placed on lockdown Thursday. According to a statement from the Vancouver Police Department, officers responded shortly after 1 p.m. to a parking lot behind Evergreen High School Stadium after getting a report of a disturbance with gunshots heard in the area. Upon getting a description of the suspect from a witnesses, Vancouver police said that officers found and arrested him. There were no reported injuries from the gunfire, but investigators did recover several shell casings in a 9mm semi-automatic handgun. Vancouver police said that the suspect is a 16-year-old male, but he is not believed to be a student of Evergreen High School. He was booked into Clark County Juvenile Detention Center. David, we also received within the school district an email from the superintendent, and he said... In light of today's incident, of course, this was posted yesterday, Mm -hmm. which resulted in a prolonged lockdown and multiple schools, Evergreen High School and Cascade Middle School will operate on a late start schedule today. Now, the time will allow our staff to process the events and for us to gather extra resources to support students and discuss safety measures at these two schools. We will have extra security, counselors and administrative staff at both sites. All right. Well, in sports, last weekend it was the Washington Huskies. Tomorrow it's the Washington State Cougars for the ninth-ranked University of Oregon football team in Pac-12 action. Game kicks off at Autzen Stadium in Eugene at 12.30 and will be televised on ABC. Speaking of the fifth-ranked Huskies, they host Arizona State at 7.30 tomorrow night. That's on FS1. Other Pac-12 action tomorrow includes Utah at USC. That's 5 o'clock on Fox. And UCLA travels to Stanford for a 7.30 evening game on ESPN. Oregon State and Arizona, they have the weekend off. The Beavers and the Wildcats will meet in Tucson next Saturday night. And the University of Portland men's soccer team hosts San Diego tomorrow night at Merlot Field. WC match gets underway at 7 o'clock. Well, Padre Pio must have been pleased. And more to the point, the Blessed Mother had to have been smiling on October 18th as close to a million children around the world took part in praying the rosary.
The Pontifical Foundation Aid to the Church in Need continued its annual practice of inviting parishes, schools, and families to take part in the worldwide initiative, One Million Children Praying the Rosary. Now, as of yesterday, the official count... 998,000 children committed to praying with more registering as the time that Alatea was able to produce the report. 1,009,910 children prayed the rosary on Wednesday wow, together. Isn't that amazing? That, that is. St. Padre Pio of uh, once said, when one million children pray the rosary, the world will change. And the purpose of the campaign, which takes place each October, the month of the rosary, is to pray worldwide for unity and peace. In light of recent events, the focus of this year's edition was on peace in the Holy Land. In Portugal, children prayed at the Chapel of the Apparitions in Fatima. In Poland, around 70,000 children were planning to participate. More than 270 schools and kindergartens took part. Many children gathered for a communal prayer at the National Shrine of Our Lady of Fatima at Zacco Payne. So what an incredible initiative. Yeah, that's cool. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This evening at 7 o'clock p.m. is an evening Eucharistic conference with Abbot Jeremy Driscoll at St. Mary's Catholic Church in Mount Angel. Abbot Jeremy, one of the church's leading theologians, will speak about the awe and wonder of the Eucharistic miracle that happens at each Mass. And remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Just head over to the community calendar. You're going to find it under the Get Involved menu at materdayradio.com. Also access it on the Hail Mary media app. Well, actor Jim Coleman, he's in the area to perform St. Luke Productions' Tolton. Brenda talks with Jim right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Catholic Charities of Oregon, answering Pope Francis' call to charity. Since 1933, Catholic Charities has been putting faith into action by serving the poorest and most vulnerable in our community. Services promote life and help families thrive. Catholic Charities Program Information at CatholicCharitiesOregon.org. Join Mater Day Radio and Holy Cross Priest Father Stephen Kaith in a prayer for vocations. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord of the harvest, your word finds a home in our hearts calls us into community and invites us to generous service of the human family. Bless with courage and spirit your priestly people, call to full participation in the one body of Christ. May many choose to respond in public service to your call offered in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. 
Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand that together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 7.43 at Day Radio. Well, just like yesterday, could see areas of fog today. It'll burn off, although we're looking at probably partly cloudy skies. So I don't know if it'll burn off fully. Have a high of 69 degrees. Increasing clouds tonight, low of 53. And then for Saturday, mostly cloudy, 66. Sunday, it looks like the rain rolls back in. Currently it is 50 degrees at St. Michael's Catholic Church in Sandy. Foggy and 54 degrees at St. Mary's Church in Eugene. Pope Francis advanced the sainthood cause of Father Augustus Tolton and declared him venerable. And it is quite possible that the first American priest to be named a saint will be this African-American priest, whose real example of faith and forgiveness is an example for us all. Now, with this in mind, St. Luke Productions many years ago set out to bring the life of Father Augustus Tolton to life with the light performance of Tolton from Slave to Priest. The tour is making another round in the area, and joining me to talk more about this the man who plays Father Augustus Tolton in the live play, Jim Coleman. Jim, it is wonderful to talk with you once again. It is a pleasure to be here and share Father Tolton's story and to share this show with um, the state of Washington or the world, really. We wanted to share it with everyone. But thank you so very, very much for having me. Jim, we were talking as we were preparing for this interview. The first time that I had an opportunity to talk with you and Leonardo who joined us in studio, we were down at the UP campus where Mater Day Radio was. I had only been working at the radio station for a couple of weeks and they gave me the opportunity to talk with you because this new play was getting off the ground and it was just really an exciting time and both you and I well we've kind of moved along in these uh, in these roles that we have kind of you've traveled far and wide for this production how any idea how many places you've been to oh we've been to probably i think it's 38 states i don't know how many cities uh, the show has been performed for, I would say, easily 50,000 um, uh, people, uh, about 13,000 students. We go to schools, we go to parishes, we go to theaters, and we bring Father Tolson's story to everyone. And we're just trying to go as much and as far as possible to continue to do the show. Like you said, back in 2018, I was just starting and uh, I was, yeah, it, it was new to me, 
but now I, Father Tolton's story is such a part of me that uh, I think this is my mission and I will never give it up. <laughs> oh, we are so excited, too, because Tolton it is making around again in the area. Coming up on Tuesday, October 24th at 6 o'clock, Tolton will be performed at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. The whole community is invited to attend. As one who has seen the show a couple of times now, it is well worth your time. You will not leave there, not uninspired for sure. So with all those places, Jim, you've been able to travel and see, what have been some of your memorable audiences? Well, I think the most memorable audience that I've ever performed were for was the uh, cloistered nuns in Wisconsin. Uh, we were able to actually go into the convent and perform for them. And it was just so moving and touching. No one gets a chance to actually go in and see them. And we were able to set the show up and perform the show for the cloistered uh, sisters in Wisconsin. And it was truly amazing. It was a moving, moving experience. And that, that really stands out for me. Jim, share with us a little bit. As an actor, you really have to you know, get into the mind of this priest. Now, you've been doing this exact same role in the exact same play for five years now. How do you maintain an enthusiasm to do Father Augustus Tolton's life night after night across the country? Well, what I do, and, and that's one thing about an actor, you know, I've been, been a full-time actor for over 30 years. I've been television, film, commercial, video games. I've done it all. And usually you do the show, you get done, you walk away. But with Father Tolton, knowing the importance of his cause for canonization, I studied his story. I read his letters. I prayed to him. I asked that he speaks through me. And I don't ever want the show to become stale or just something that I just routinely I routinely do. So I constantly study his life and I bring his life. And each time I do the show, it's literally new for me. We did a show for a school yesterday and one of the students asked, are you nervous when you walk out here? And the answer is absolutely. Every time I walk out, it's new. It feels because I'm giving his story and it's a true story and I and it has to be done with passion truth and love and that's how I pre present it each time if you are just joining us this morning I'm speaking with Jim Coleman Jim is the actor that portrays Father Augustus Tolton in the live play Tolton from Slave to Priest. It is making another round here in the Pacific Northwest on Tuesday, October 24th, 6 o'clock. It will be at St. Joseph's Church in Vancouver. Jim, during these COVID shutdowns and the, the, the racial angst that we went through, especially here in Portland area, it seems like we are just divided more than ever. Have you seen in unique ways, the way that you have been able to portray Tolton to the schools, especially where they recognize that forgiveness and racial understanding is so important now more than ever. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, really, Father Tolton's life is a reflection uh, of the fight against racism. 
his it, it is it is so important he shows the importance of service to community and compassion the need for inclusivity and and diversity and the ongoing struggle for social justice and equality father tolton's story is a classic story that has gone on for years and years but his perseverance when we do the show at schools, I can't tell you how many times there are students that say this has made a difference. They want to be priests. I've gone to seminaries where priests, soon to be priests, say they don't have a struggle after they see this story. And it makes them want to go further and further. And like you say, I've been doing this show for five years and I've done it at seminaries. And there are now priests who were seminarians that have invited me to their parish to do the show. It made that much of a difference. And for these students to see that we are all one in Christ, Father Tolton's story continues to prove that and show that, and it changes their hearts, minds, and spirits. It sounds to me, Jim, that not only do you enjoy bringing it to the people that see it, and I I can tell you from my own experience, it's just incredible watching the play, that interactive play that you have with the multimedia screen, and then you there live. I am affected. I'm affected by what I see. In what ways do you see your own life continuing to be affected by Father Augustus Tolton? Oh, that is, well, I have to say that since I started doing this show, really, my life has changed. My, I would say it has softened my heart. It's humbled my spirit and it truly shows me how blessed I am. So for me to be able to bring this show and to share God's word, it has changed me tremendously. It, 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 it has humbled me. It has truly, truly humbled me. And like I say, I've been in the industry as an actor for over 30 years. And uh, it, it being in this industry as a television and film actor, it kind of hardens you. But doing Father Tolton's story has has softened my heart. It has made me more compassionate. It has made me more loving and understanding and giving. And it, it, it has really changed my life. Oh, fantastic. Well, if you want to experience some of that change, some of that excitement, some of the holiness that Jim brings forward in his portrayal of Father Augustus Tolton, You have got to come to St. Joseph's on Tuesday. Jim, it is wonderful to talk with you. It is wonderful just to remember all those years ago, the first opportunity (laughs) I had to talk with you and what a great friendship we've had over the years. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. And again, that is Jim Coleman. He portrays Father Augustus Tolton in St. Luke's production of Tolton from Slave to Priest. It is coming to the Vancouver area on Tuesday, October 24th, 6 o'clock p.m. at St. Joseph's Church. There's also going to be some stopovers up north coming up in November in in and around the Seattle area. So if you want to have more information, please go to St. Luke Productions website. You'll find their full calendar there. And I will also be sure to add that link to the podcast of this interview so you can get right to where you need to be. And you'll Find that link at MatraDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
And it is 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on this Friday. Weekend is here. Maybe you're going to do a little garage cleaning. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have an old vehicle in that garage. Uh-huh. Like to get rid of an old car, <laughs> truck, boat, motorcycle, RV. You can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, vehicle donation. It'll take you to the main page. Really quick and easy process. Just a couple of forms to fill out. You're good to go, and it's a likely tax deduction for you as well. That is Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. It's on our website at materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. We are following up a fabulous evening on October 17th of philanthropy, service, and fun at the Champions of Faith Benefit Dinner. If you didn't get a chance to donate in support of our youth, you can still do so at cyocamphoward.org. Registration is still open for CYO winter sports of swim and basketball. Grade schoolers, now is your chance to experience the excitement and joy of participating in these two sports together with your teammates. High school students, we still have a few openings left for basketball. Excitement, team play, and the fun of building your skills also awaits you once you sign up. And we still need a few more basketball officials. Visit our website, cyocamphoward.org, to register or learn more today. Thank you to our parents, coaches, volunteers, camp counselors, and donors who have helped make our faith-building programs what they are today. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 7.57 at Mater Day Radio, and it is quite the concern as crabs are disappearing in Alaska. We'll have the story coming up in the news. All right, and David, carve your pumpkin, get in it, float away. The pumpkin regattas? this weekend. I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Alina with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. 
Saint Paul of the Cross was a man who lived with his feet on the ground and his heart fixed on heaven. Born Paolo Francesco Danae in 1694 to poor shop owners in northern Italy, his father would read to the family from the lives of the saints, and his mother often consoled Paolo and his siblings with a crucifix, explaining the importance of Christ's suffering on the cross. Inspired by reading Saint Francis de Sales and the guidance of Capuchin priests, Paolo made the decision to live a life of prayer and dedication to the passion of Jesus. When he was 26, he had a series of experiences during prayer where it became clear that God was calling him to form a community devoted to the evangelical life and promote the love of God through Christ's passion. He apparently received a vision during one of these prayers in which he saw the habit he and his lay brothers would wear and the name they would go by, the Congregation of the Passionists, or more simply, the Passionists. In 1720, with encouragement from his bishop, he was given the black habit of a hermit and wrote the rule for his new community, of which he was still the only member. His order would follow a penitential life in solitude and poverty and teach others how to meditate on the passion of Jesus with the penitent hearts and a desire for holiness. Paolo's first companion to join his cause was his own brother, John Baptist. Together, the two of them journeyed to Rome to receive approval for their new rule. And while they waited, they helped establish a new hospital being built by Cardinal Coriandini, offering pastoral care to both patients and staff. Finally, in 1727, the brothers were ordained priests in St. Peter's Square by Pope Benedict XIII. On fire for the love of Christ, the brothers set out to remote villages where priests were scarce. They offered missions, retreats, and preached to the small communities. Paolo himself became extremely popular for his powerful sermons and generous acts of charity. Gradually, news of their congregation spread, and soon their numbers slowly began to grow. In 1737, they opened their first retreat on Monte Argentina with nine members in their community. However, due to the strict austerity of the congregation, their numbers continued to grow at a painfully slow rate. But Paolo accepted the slow growth as part of God's will. Over the next 40 years, he wrote more than 2,000 letters of spiritual direction to his communities. However, Paolo himself experienced extreme spiritual darkness for most of his monastic life, but as with many saints like him, he chose to love God more deeply. He never gave up his mission of spreading the light of Christ's redeeming love to the world. By the time of his death in 1775, the Congregation of Passionists had grown to over 180 members with 12 retreats, not including their newly founded Congregation of Nuns. Today, the Passionists can be found in missions across the globe. May we, like Paolo, learn how to meditate on the Passion of Christ to truly repent of our sins and to persevere in living God's path for us. St. Paul of the Cross, ora pro nobis. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints and to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. Pope Francis prayed for migrants and refugees with the delegates of the Synod on Synodality just after sunset on Thursday evening. The simple 25-minute prayer service took place in a quiet St. Peter's Square in front of Canadian artist Timothy Schmal's Angel's Unaware sculpture. The bronze statue installed in the square in 2019 depicts migrants from different times and places in histories aboard a boat.
Pope Francis, seated in a wheelchair, was pushed to a closed and mostly empty St. Peter's Square about 15 minutes early on October 19th. The 364 delegates and about 90 other Synod participants arrived shortly afterward from their meeting in nearby Paul VI Hall. The prayer moment was organized as part of the Synod on Synodality at the Vatican and was one of the many opportunities for Synod members to pray together over the course of the month-long meeting. David, I have been looking and I have not seen it yet. Remember last month, there was the story about the man who carved a wooden wheelchair. Oh, yeah, right. Francis, this very, Mm -hmm. very beautiful chair for him. Haven't seen him using it yet, okay. so but I am looking. All right. Well, billions of snow crabs have disappeared from the ocean around Alaska in recent years, and scientists now say they know why. Warmer ocean temperatures likely cause them to starve to death. The finding comes just days after the Alaska Department of Fish and Game announced the snow crab harvest season was canceled for the second year in a row, citing the overwhelming number of crabs missing from the typically frigid waters of the Bering Sea. Now, the study published yesterday by scientists at the National Oceanic and Administration Administration, Atmospheric Administration found a significant link between recent marine heat waves in the eastern Bering Sea and the sudden disappearance of the snow crabs that began showing up in surveys in 2021. Temperatures around the Arctic have warmed four times faster than the rest of the planet, according to researchers. That is really, really unsettling news. It it is very much so. And the fishermen, the fishing industry there, I mean, that's their livelihood. Mm -hmm. And when your livelihood disappears, that is very difficult. Well, teachers in Oregon's largest school system have voted to authorize a strike after the district and union failed to reach an agreement, according to a social media post from the Portland Association of Teachers. The post made Thursday evening on Facebook contains an image stating 99% of Portland teachers vote to strikes. PPS parents and community members were also notified that teachers intend to begin striking on November 1st, according to his newsletter sent out by the district. The result came of the vote uh, a day after the union and district once again failed to reach an agreement. PPS administrators held a virtual meeting on Wednesday for families on the district's contingency plan. If teachers walk out, the district said they would have no choice but to close schools, meaning no in-person class or online instruction. However, students will have access to self-directed lessons from home. Families that qualify will be able to get grab-and-go meals. Varsity sports will continue operations, but other extracurriculars will be postponed or rescheduled. PBS had posted more information on their website. Mm, that's just a couple weeks away, yes. November 1st. So, oh, yeah. just as a school, yeah. they've got time. Yeah, Let's oh, just, yeah, yeah. They, there's time before November 1st, so hopefully this will just be a bump in the road yep. and that things will continue for students. Hey, congratulations to Thomas Willard. The 77-year-old Mill City resident is $1 million richer today Thanks to his winning Powerball ticket that he submitted to the Oregon Lottery this week, Willard purchased his ticket at the Seven Star Convenience Store in Mill City. 
So Mill City is a little east of Salem. Okay. Past Staten, like if you're heading up to Detroit Lake. Uh, the store will receive $10,000 for selling the winning ticket. Now, Willard bought the winning ticket on October 9th. He found out he had won the next morning when his wife, Nancy, said, wake up. You have to see this. At first, she thought they had won $100,000. Oh, at a zero. Yeah, when she first checked online, then she realized it was a million. And so, wow. So uh, she woke her husband up and, hey, look at this. Uh, A couple who have been married for 49 years. Hey, Hey, how about that? They plan to buy a new pickup truck with the winnings as well as a new (laughs) mobility scooter for Nancy. So the grand prize ticket of $1.7 billion, that was sold in California, as you recall. So Mm -hmm. the Willards got $1 million of that. Uh, Apparently, he was one number away from it was the powerball number his powerball was, was one like, number off yeah or or he just that was the one number they didn't oh, that have they didn't have was the powerball number yeah. and uh so oh still, million bucks well i would take that oh yes for sure take the hundred grand <laughs> i would do that too i get excited about a two dollar <laughs> win exactly There is something about a giant pumpkin that just draws your attention. But what about hollowed out giant pumpkins sporting costume clad characters as they race around a lake? That sounds pretty interesting. So you won't want to miss the 2023 West Coast Giant Pumpkin Regatta. Since 2004, the West Coast Giant Pumpkin Regatta has taken over Tualatin Lake for a harvest festival like no other. This unique event has received a national reputation, draws thousands of people to partake in the fun every year. The main festival takes place from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Sunday. The event is broken into four different pumpkin races that last about 15 to 20 minutes. The first race is for the pumpkin growers the second for the sponsors and special guests the next race Tualatin police fire and rescue and the public lottery winners now not like the lottery that you talked about the races are held at noon and 2 p.m now the fifth race might be the one that interests you the most this is your chance to be one of the lucky few who get to paddle around the lake in a pumpkin August through September, the event organizers opened a special lottery for the public. Those selected will get to participate in the final race of the day. The types of race ranges from who's the fastest around the lake to collecting an item in the lake and being the first to get back to the starting line. So these are real pumpkins. Real pumpkins. Wow. And the growers, they grow these giant yeah. pumpkins and then they hollow them out and they float and them. They and they float. You get apparently, in. Apparently, and... uh, humans have been floating in pumpkins for a thousand years, it says on the website. Wow. They've been doing that. Yeah, that's I, interesting. Who decided that? Yeah, let's get in a pumpkin and float. <laughs> right. Now we're talking about, I mean, when these pumpkins are weighed, they're like 700, 800, 1,000 pounds oh, I'm in sure. some cases. Yeah. They're giant. Yeah. Now get in there. You're not, <laughs> you get in there. Yes. I ain't getting in a pumpkin to float around the lake, but I, I put, yeah. I put my son in there. I'd sign him up for sure. <laughs> I would, I would watch that with a uh, pumpkin stout. There you go. How about that? See? There, Sporting event there, for the weekend. That's it.
Uh, in sports, Major League Baseball playoffs roll on. The Houston Astros have tied the American League Championship Series at two all following their 10-3 win over the Texas Rangers yesterday. Two teams will play this afternoon at 2 o'clock on FS1. In the National League Championship Series, the Arizona Diamondbacks beat the Philadelphia Phillies 2-1 to pick up their first win of the series. They still trail the Phillies 2-1. Game four is set for tonight, 5 o'clock on TBS. And in the NFL last night, the Jacksonville Jaguars down the New Orleans Saints, 31-24. to Jaguars now 5-2 and on the season. Saints are 3-4. and A new Rembrandt has been discovered. And this it was not at a garage sale this time. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. But it has been disguised as another artist's work, potentially making the owners millionaires as it goes up for auction at Sotheby's. While unknown or lost works from the Dutch master painter have been found occasionally over the last three decades, they're mostly head portraits or character studies. This one, a large Adoration of the Magi marks the first opportunity to learn more about this artist in a long time. It's believed to date from Rembrandt's very early professional days as a painter. Now, bought in 2085 and auctioned at Christie's in Amsterdam in 2021, the auction house experts identified the painting as coming from what they said, the Rembrandt Circle. And it was presumed to be from an apprentice or artist of the same time and place. So that buyer, though, on a hunch and hope that it might be a real Rembrandt, shelled out $908,000, even though it was only listed for $15,000. They still believe that it could have been painted by Rembrandt himself. So it is set up for auction again, this time at Sotheby's. And a long and complex verification process included multiple forms of scientific imaging has placed the painting not at the feet of an apprentice, but of the master himself. Mm. That has jacked the price of this picture to around $18 million. Wow, how about that? So there you go. Yeah. Good find. You have a Rembrandt at home? I do not. Yeah. Wait, didn't there used to be like Rembrandt product or something yeah. like that? I don't know. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Saturday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. is a women's retreat in Vancouver at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church. Our Lady of Lords Parish in Vancouver invites all women to a one-day retreat with talks by Lisa Martinez, Barbara Anderson, and Kendra Brislon. $60 registration includes lunch. Please register online. And remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary Media app. Hey, Terry Ross. He is the host of Glory of the Mass. He joins us right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and Parish in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, 
inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am, order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Hood Hospice. For more than 40 years, Mount Hood Hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in East Multnomah and Clackamas counties. With a compassionate medical and spiritual support team, hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org. A sincere thank you from all of us at Mater Dei Radio for making our recent fall share an inspiring success. We appreciate you uniting with us during this joy-filled event to be changed and revive hearts through Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. We're both humbled and grateful for all of Mater Dei Radio's benefactors, volunteers, guests, and donors, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, Jade Bistro and Patisserie, Catering by Suzanne, Chick-fil-A in Raleigh Hills, the Ladies of Christ the King Parish, St. Cecilia's Prayer Shawl Ministry, and the St. Thomas Aquinas Prayer Shawl Ministry. If you miss Mater Dei Radio's Fall share Be Changed, you can still join this thankful celebration and make your gift now at materdayradio.com or on the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you again for being a part of our vital mission of leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Dei Radio. And it is 8:14 at Mater Day Radio. Going to see areas of patchy fog again this morning. We'll have a high of 69 degrees, mostly clear overnight tonight, low of 53, and then cloudy for Saturday, high of 66. Rain rolls in for Sunday, about a 60% chance. Currently 60 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church in Longview, Washington, and 57 degrees at Queen of Peace Church in Salem. Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample has said sacred music is an art form which takes its life and purpose from the sacred liturgy and is part of its very structure. With this in mind, each week, Terry Ross brings you a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass. On the glory of the Mass, he explores the rich history of beautiful sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. You can listen to Terry's show every Sunday at noon and grow in your appreciation for the sanctity, beauty, and universality of Catholic sacred music on the glory of the Mass. And today, we are going to get a preview with Terry of his episode coming up for the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Good morning, Terry. Thanks so much again for joining us on the Morning Blend. Good morning to you, Brenda. So you are continuing this beautiful month. I find that it's wonderful that for the month of October, you are highlighting Akagem. Nothing That's, to do with the month, of course. Tell us about this composer. Johannes Akagem was a, a, a 15th century composer, very well known uh, during his lifetime. Um, not as well known now, uh, but 
uh, he was certainly considered one of the leading composers uh, of of his period. Uh, probably the most influential composer between Guillaume Dufay, who was earlier, and Josquin Desprez, who was a bit later. Um, he was Franco-Flemish, which means we're not quite sure what his nationality oh. was. <laughs> he may have been French, but he certainly worked a lot in uh, Flanders. Uh, so that's why the Flemish comes in. So we've spoken before about how music was reused or popular music was reused and then written for the sacred liturgy. It's called a parody mass. And that's what we've got coming up this week. Remind our listeners what that means. A parody mass means a mass written using music from an out from a source that had already existed before the composer uh, wrote this mass. In this case, the source that had already existed was another piece by Akagem. Oh, he wrote a madrigal. Uh, the madrigal was called "Au Travail Suisse" or "Sui" S U I S. Um, it's a secular madrigal, and there, it means literally, "I am struggling, though few would believe it." Anyone who wants can see it well, and it is because I can no longer see my mistress as others may do. Oh my! So it's a romantic thing, but he took that and used that melody uh, to make his mass. So that's why we call it a parody mass. Well, that is just some of what you'll be able to hear this weekend if you tuned in to the Glory of the Mass. Terry okay. Ross is joining us today to talk about this upcoming episode. Terry, in the past, we've talked about how many composers had written music for that beautiful Ave Maria. Of course, we remember well the Schubert Ave Maria, which we often hear in masses, but there were other versions of that. There are also many versions of the Our Father. Now tell us about this, because I think this is interesting also. There aren't as many versions of the Our Father as or of the Ave Maria, because uh, Maria is such a central part of everything, even more central than the Father in some cases. So the Ave Maria is something that people say all the time when they're doing their rosary. Um, but the Our Father, which takes place during every Mass, Our Father, which art in heaven, etc., 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 is a very popular piece of music. We have three different versions of, of Our Father, or Pater Noster, in this particular program by three different composers. Uh, Hans Leo Hassler, uh, Johannes Arkadelt, and Adrian Villert. Three different composers from different places, all using the same text that we're familiar with uh, from the Mass, Our Father. So, Terry, I'm not sure if you would know the answer to this, but because the Our Father is part of the Mass, wouldn't the chant or the singing of the Our Father be part of the Masses that you play, where they have the, all of the regular parts, the Credo and the Agnus Dei and the Alleluia, all those parts, wouldn't the Our Father also just have been part of a Mass? No, not necessarily. The Mass Ordinary consists of those individual pieces, as you mentioned, the Curie, the Gloria, the Credo, the Sanctus, and the Agnus Dei. But there are other parts of the Mass that are spoken or sung by the, by the whole congregation that are not part of the Ordinary or part of the Proper, but they're part of every single Mass. Our Father is one of them. All right. I, yeah. That is excellent. So because Our Father is not part of the ordinary, it's not part of the Akagam Mass, but you have a piece by Jacques Arcadelt. Tell us about 
this composer, and we're going to listen to a piece of his Our Father. Jacques Arcadot was a, was not as well known as some other composers in the 16th century, which is the period of the High Renaissance uh, that featured people like Orlando de Lasso and Palestrina. And that. But Jacques Arcadot was a well-known composer during his time, which was the 16th century. He's from the Low Country. Okay. What they call Flemish. He's a Flemish composer um, and was very well known in his lifetime. All right. And here is a piece of that music. <clears throat> beautiful. I love that. And very interestingly, no music. There's no organ or orchestra no. that goes along with him. Uh, would this fall into like the chant category then? Is that what they're doing? They are chanting this? Uh, because it does sound like, well, you've got all of these voices in there that almost make it sound like there is music. That's right. Um, there is music, but it's not played on an instrument. Um, using the organ in sacred music uh, came about gradually. Uh, <clears throat> by the 16th century, people were using it quite a bit. Uh, but they didn't use it here uh, in this piece by Archidult. It's just a cappella music, people just singing the music. Um, that's, that's the early tradition of church music, is it is sung, not played. Okay. And then with this early type of a cappella music, I think people would be familiar with the different uh, movies that have come out with it and different groups that sing solely a cappella. But there are voices that are just playing what sounds like an instrument, no words, just the sound right. uh, of a beat or something like that. In this case of a cappella, are there any voices that are just singing? just a a rhythm that everybody is keeping up with or is every person singing words every person is singing words yeah it may okay. not sound like it but they are yeah oh i love it and again such a full piece of music quite inspiring it I is love inspiring it. i think well, Terry, I really appreciate your time today. And again, you are a wealth of musical information. Thanks so much for joining us today. You're very welcome, Brenda. If you want to hear that Pater Norster and the rest of this week's playlist, please go to materdayradio.com. Under the programming menu, you will find the glory of the Mass. You'll also find all of Terry's past episodes, all of his past 215 episodes, materdayradio.com. You'll also be able to hear this week's episode on the Hail Mary Media app. And it is 824 at Matra Day Radio. How many episodes did you say? 200 and... 15. 200 I think it's what I said, yeah. 15. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Terry. Yeah, and your view from the pew, you're 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 racking yours up too, We huh? hit 100 this week. I can't believe that. 100 episodes of my view from the pew. Is that right? Isn't that incredible? We that... had a great episode coming up this, uh, this evening. Yeah, that's right. I know, Friday, tonight, your uh, episode, 7th... What are you talking about? We're talking about addiction 
to screen time. Oh yeah. Oh, and I have a few admissions during this uh, during this show. All right. Well, again, that's seven thirty. You can catch View from the Pew. Go to our website. Click on the programming menu, program schedule. You can see the great lineup of programs all throughout the day right here on Mater Day Radio. Again, that's our website, materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support from Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. With the autumn season comes football and tailgating, and there's no better way to score a touchdown than by passing that old vehicle of yours to Mater Day Radio. We're happy to accept your donation of a car, truck, van, RV, or boat. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you. Not only that, you are joining a winning team that's supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast. So score some points by checking out our vehicle donation program at MaterDayRadio.com. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 827 and Mater Day Radio and the U.S. State Department issues a travel warning. We'll have that for you in the news. And October is a month to support the church's missions around the world. Archbishop Sample publishes a statement asking for our support. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. Here is Blanca with Echo. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
That is Blanca and Echo. It is 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. October is the month to support our missions across the world, and this Sunday... World Mission Sunday. Archbishop Stamp will publish a letter and discuss the church's missions and how their successes is dependent on every individual Catholic's contribution and commitment to discipleship. He said each October, the celebration of World Mission Sunday leads us to the heart of our Christian faith. At the heart of the faith and the church is the mission of discipleship. In his World Mission Sunday message for this year, Pope Francis encourages us to have hearts on fire and feet on the move. Archbishop Sample goes on to say, I ask you again to remember the needs of the people of the church serves in her worldwide missionary works and to offer our financial help through the propagation of the faith. Please be as generous as your means will allow and be assured of my personal gratitude For your generosity in the past, the missionary work of the church depends on each one of us. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, has released its weather predictions for the next three months, showing most of the country is in for above-average temperatures through the end of the year, and that includes Oregon and Washington. NOAA says as we get closer to winter, the impacts of El Nino are becoming clearer. So La Nina and El Nino both tend to reach their peak in the winter. During an El Nino winter, the southern third to half of the United States, including California, tend to get more precipitation. Meanwhile, the Pacific Northwest and parts of the Ohio Valley tend to be dry and warm. Last week, National Forecaster said there is a 75 to 85 percent chance that we see a strong El Nino through the winter season, and there's a 30 percent chance it ends up being one of the strongest ever recorded. Hmm. So we'll have to watch for that, see what it means for our snowpack, which is always so important for our water and those sorts of things. With the seemingly endless rotation of events taking place in and around the Vatican this month, Thursday saw several significant developments for both local initiatives and issues of international relevance. Participants in the Pope Synod of Bishops on Synodality, which is nearing the conclusion of its first Rome-based discussion, a panel offered an update on the process and addressed criticism. While Pope Francis himself presided over a high-profile prayer event on behalf of migrants and refugees. Jewish leaders also met with the Pope at the Vatican against the backdrop of a new war between Israel and Hamas that observers warn is threatening regional security, while dozens of priests from Nicaragua arrived in Rome as tensions between the church and state in the country worsened. And the panel spoke about the issues of migration ahead of a special prayer for migrants and refugees led by Pope Francis in St. Peter's Square Thursday evening and addressed suspicions of alleged conspiracy to manipulate the synod process. When asked about the allegation that a liberal cabal is directing the synod in a way that is meant to challenge church teaching on hot button issues such as women priestly ordination and homosexuality, Bishop Daniel Flores of Brownsville, Texas said, we live in a very suspicious age. 
Well, the U.S. State Department issued a rare worldwide caution alert yesterday to advise all U.S. citizens abroad to exercise increased caution citing increased tensions in various locations around the world, the potential for terrorist attacks, demonstrations, or violent actions against U.S. citizens and interests. The alert comes as protests have erupted throughout the Middle East in response to the Israel-Hamas war, with many demonstrators targeting U.S. diplomatic compounds. The State Department has raised the travel advisory for Lebanon and Israel to the highest level and has authorized non-emergency U.S. government personnel and family members to depart. The State Department last issued this kind of alert back in August of 2022, warning that terrorist organizations may seek to attack U.S. facilities, personnel, or citizens. Lockdowns at Evergreen High School and Cascade Middle School in Vancouver were lifted on Thursday afternoon after a report of gunshots in the area earlier in the day. School officials have confirmed and a teenage suspect is in custody. Burton Elementary School was also temporarily placed on the lockdown Thursday. According to a statement from the Vancouver Police Department, officers responded shortly after 1 p.m. to a parking lot behind Evergreen High School Stadium after getting a report of a disturbance with gunshots heard in the area. Upon getting the description of the suspect from witnesses, Vancouver police said that officers found and arrested him. There were no injuries from the gunfire, but investigators did recover several shell casings and a 9mm semi-automatic handgun. Vancouver police said that the suspect is a 16-year-old male, but he is not believed to be a student at Evergreen High School. And an email was sent out to the entire uh, um, school district, and I received it too. And the superintendent said in light of today's incident, which resulted in a prolonged lockdown at multiple schools, Evergreen High School and Cascade Middle School will operate on a late start schedule today. Now, this time will allow for our staff to process the event and for us to gather extra resources to support students and discuss safety measures at these two schools. We will have extra security counselors and administrative staff at both sites. Are the, are the middle school and high school near one another? Uh, yes, they're right next to each oh, other, okay. in fact. Yeah. yeah, they're on the same block. Uh, so many people would, I mean, would know in Vancouver where Evergreen School District is because your high schoolers all play at that field for their home games. They have one football field that they all share. So. Gotcha. Well, in sports, last weekend it was the Washington Huskies. Tomorrow it's the Washington State Cougars for the ninth-ranked University of Oregon football team in Pac-12 action. Game kicks off at Autzen Stadium in Eugene at 12.30 tomorrow. It'll be televised on ABC. Speaking of the fifth-ranked Huskies, they host Arizona State at 7.30 tomorrow night. That'll be broadcast on FS1. Other Pac-12 action tomorrow includes Utah at USC, 5 o'clock on Fox, and UCLA travels to Stanford for a 7.30 evening game on ESPN. Oregon State and Arizona, they have the weekend off. Beavers and the Wildcats will meet in Tucson next Saturday night. And University of Portland men's soccer team hosts San Diego tomorrow night at Merlot Field. WCC match gets underway at 7 o'clock. You know what the San Diego mascot is, right? Uh, it's your hometown. The Aztecs. No. That's uh, San Diego State. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait. Uh, is it the Toreros? Correct. <laughs> there you go. Good job. Thanks. Thanks.
Padre Pio surely must have been pleased. And more to the point, the Blessed Mother had to be even smiling on October 18th as close to a million children around the world took part in praying of the rosary. The Pontifical Foundation Aid to the Church in Need continued its annual practice of inviting parishes, schools, and families to take part in the worldwide initiative, One Million Children Praying the Rosary. As of yesterday, the official count was 998,000 children committed to praying. But with more registering, the count as of the time of this publication on alatea.org, 1 million 900, uh, excuse me, 1 million 9,910 children right. registered to pray the rosary. Good job. St. Padre Pio once said, when 1 million children pray the rosary, the world will change. Now, the purpose of the campaign will take place each October, the month of the rosary, and it is to be prayed worldwide for unity and peace. In light of recent events, the focus of this year's edition was on peace in the Holy Land. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And coming up this Tuesday at 6 o'clock p.m. is an evening of recollection recollection with Opus Sanctorum Angelorum at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. You are invited to Holy Redeemer Church in Vancouver for an evening of recollection, the Holy Angels in the life of the family to be preached by Father Wolfgang Seitz of the Order of Canons Regular of the Holy Cross. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, knowing how hungry I am today, in <laughs> fact, I just tried to curb my appetite by eating a, a little bag of M&M's. Did it help? <laughs> Not really, but it tasted good. It tasted good. It tasted good. But you're bound and determined to make me more hungry for our second cup this morning because you want to talk about fall comfort foods. Oh, yeah. There are some really good fall comfort. I mean, you, you sent me this website with a bunch of recipes on it. I, I, I had to stop looking at okay. it. Okay. But I was we are going to get into it. I know. Okay. Stay with us. We're going to talk about that after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Facing difficult problems in your marriage. Oregon Retrovi is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship. Catholic in origin, this Christian marriage program is open to all married couples, no matter what age, walk of life, faith, or ethnic background. Oregon Retrovi is a practical program to improve communication, build stronger marriages, and help couples reconnect. Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's helpourmarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi, a lifeline 
for married couples. Support from Matcha Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie, located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood. The Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 8.43 at Mater Day Radio. Well, some areas of fog out there again this morning. It'll burn away, and uh, we'll have probably partly cloudy skies today, maybe a little more sunshine. High of 69 degrees, and then mostly clear overnight tonight. We'll see a low of 53, then mostly cloudy for Saturday, 66-year high. Sunday, well, kind of looks uh, maybe a little rainy, so uh, we'll have to see if that uh, transpires. Okay, well, currently it is 65 degrees at Church of the Resurrection in beautiful Escondido, California. How about that? And 57 degrees at Resurrection Church in Tualatin. It's good to the last drop. A second cup of the morning blend with David and Brenda. So, David, Church of the Resurrection in Escondido, California, that church is about a block and a half away from my parents' home. Oh, okay. My childhood home. They still live in it. So Mm -hmm. we walk to church. And so the reason why I gave that temperature is because I will be heading out after the show today and going home to just visit my family and see my brothers just for a little long weekend. And I was informed my brother's going to pick me up and my dad will be coming along with him. My mom is staying home because she is fixing dinner for the family. Yeah. Now, checking the weather for Escondido, California, it's going to be a high of 91 degrees at my parents' house today when I get there. Uh, Yeah, that doesn't necessarily feel like fall comfort food weather. It's not feeling like fall comfort food at all, but I know that... It's going to be a great meal. Yeah. So I thought, though, it got me thinking, of course, about food and what do we love to eat this time of year? As we turn into almost like these grizzly bears where we're ready to pack it on for the winter because we're going to hibernate, right? The food displays, specifically this time of year, because we spend the summertime cooking outdoors because we don't want to heat up the house. Right. Come fall and winter, turn on the oven, Mm -hmm. roast whatever it is. And have a good meal. Yeah. So when you're thinking this time of year, let's say, you know, maybe Saturday or Sunday even, it looks like it's going to be kind of rainy right, and cool. Right. What is your go-to meal that you got to have? Yeah. I would say probably more than anything else, and I love doing it, I love roasting chickens. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I love seasoning them up. And then roasting them, and you can put a lot of great seasons on a chicken, you know, from garlic to curry to to whatever you want to put on it. And it's there's something about that roasting a chicken that 
the way it smells in the house when it's okay. cooking. It just has that uh, fragrance that I really like. And, and a lot of that has to do with the spices that okay. you put on it. Now, to go with that, and we, we talked about this, I don't think that long ago, squash. You like, uh, what uh, kind of squash do you So get? the de la cotta. De la cotta The de la cotta squash. In fact, uh, my wife just made one last night. Cut it into wedges, and then you, uh, you know, I put it in a bowl and put olive oil in there mm-hmm. and and spices, and we put a little cayenne. It gives it a oh, little, little kick. Yeah, a little kick to it. And then you just lay those wedges out. We just put down some parchment paper on a cookie sheet, a baking sheet, and just put them in the oven and let them cook. You let them roast, and they come out so good. And you eat the skin at all. You don't have to. Oh, okay. You don't have to take the skin off a of de la cotta. That's just part of the part of the squash that you can eat. And they're so tasty. So do those, when those come out, are they, uh, a de la cotta, is it softer, like a, more like a pumpkin or like a mush? Or is it more firm, like a potato type? Yeah, kind of right in between. Oh. Yeah. And again, a lot of it's dependent upon how long you want to leave it in. So you can cook it not as long and make it soft, or you can cook it a little longer and make it a little more crispy. Which is good as well. Almost you, like a, a squash fry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're they're so tasty. So I recommend the de la cotta squash highly. Nice. Yeah. So if I am gathering the family, we're going to have a nice meal on a, a cold day. There are a couple of favorites, depending on what we're doing in the evening. Now, if we're watching a game, yeah. a football game, Sunday evening game, there's somebody that we want to watch. We're going with chili. Mm-hmm. And I know that the Texans that work here in the station say chili does not have beans in it. Right. That's a stew, but... I agree. I do not meat like only. beans. Yeah. Okay. So whatever it is that I make has a chili-like resemblance mm-hmm. because it has beans. Okay. Okay. But it's red. It's got all different kinds. Of, in fact, I put lots of different kinds of black beans, yeah. kidney beans, you know, white beans, all of those plus the meat Mm -hmm. and I cook that all day. Now there is a recipe here. I found though at how sweet eats.com 55 of our favorite fall dinners. (laughs) They've got a chili recipe in there. Now they're using ground Turkey, but what they Ah, did, it's how they finish it. They make the Turkey. It looks like they put a little bit of crushed, uh, taco, uh, Chips on there, mm-hmm. a dollop of cream cheese, right. and a couple of avocado slices on it. Oh, and okay. I went. Now that is something. Yeah. Who's looking? Somebody's looking back there. See the Texan in the station is over here telling yeah. me with a thumbs down, no beans. No in beans. Chili. That's right. I, what I do would you agree. call that? If you put beans in it, what is it? Stew. See, Patrick says ah, it's stew. See, that's, there you go. That's the word. That's right. So I am going to add this link, though, because yeah. we're looking through these pictures. 55 oh. of our favorite fall dinners. David, there is not a single picture on here that I would not love to eat. These look fantastic. One of the first ones that came up was the cider braised pot roast. Now, I don't make a lot of pot roast or anything like that, just simply because I have no meat eaters in the family other than myself. Mm-hmm. But what this does remind me of is uh, last year, 
I bought a new cast iron Dutch oven. Yes. And I love that. It's heavy, man. Mm-hmm. That, that thing is heavy, but it's fun to cook with. And I've got to do, I've got to use it more. I yeah. haven't, I haven't used it enough. So this picture looks like that. It's exactly. like it's in one of those cast iron, maybe ceramic coated Dutch ovens. Dutch ovens. Yeah. That's what mine is. It's, it's, it's ceramic coated. Yeah. yeah. Right. So David, that would be, see, pot roast is my second meal. Yeah. So if we're not sitting down having non-chili chili, according mm-hmm. to Patrick, yes, right. I'm going to cook a pot roast. That's yeah. one of my favorites. Because see, you got the potatoes in there and yep. probably carrots. Carrots. Yeah, see, that's A little wine over so the top good. to get yeah. it all just kind of groovy in there. Yeah. That's good. All right. See, that that's a, that's a great one. I, I'm looking at that. And then I, I like this too, because again, for, you, you talk about roasting and one of these is a uh, maple sheet pan smoked sausage. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, and so it looks like it's got like the, the sausage cut up, but then uh, maybe uh, Brussels sprouts. Roasted Brussels Russell sprouts. And, That's the only way yeah. to make Brussels sprouts, I think. And is, then maybe carrots a car- or ca- squash. I'm going to go with squa- squash. That looks like squash to me. Uh, maybe a yam. Yeah, could be. You know, that could be right. it too. But those, see, we're getting a theme here. And the other thing that's incredible too with fall meals and winter meals, Mm -hmm. they can still be incredibly colorful. Oh, yeah. If you've canned tomatoes from the summertime, you're going to put them over pasta. One of the recipes, and I love to cook with it too, orzo. Mm -hmm. Do you ever eat orzo? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So that's like a rice pasta. It's pasta, but it's in the shape of little rice. And you can just throw it in. You don't have to like Mm -hmm. boil it and drain it separately. It just goes right in the pot. You could put that in a stew, a a beef stew or a chicken stew or whatever else. One pot fall vegetable orzo. I see that recipe. The other thing that we love to eat, and you know, as a Mexican family, we'll eat this anytime, but it does seem to suit very well on a Sunday Mm -hmm. morning, pozole. Pozole, which is, you know, you cook a a pork Mm -hmm. roast, Mm -hmm. you let it shred all up, you add chilies in it, and hominy. And then you spice that up, and that's like a breakfast soup. And then you put cabbage and radishes and things on top, so... So here's okay. another here's another good one too that I, I would like to try stuffed acorn squash. Oh. Because I like making acorn squashes yes. as well. So that looks like a really good recipe. Again, I love all of the squashes because they do have, depending on how you cook it, that firmer flesh that yeah. feels like you're eating potatoes. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I never met a potato recipe <laughs> that I didn't absolutely yeah. love. Have just you know, a potato, baked potato bar at yeah. night. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a great that's way nice. to feed the family, that's, too. That's, so, yeah. Well, the, some of these recipes in here are amazing. So I'm looking forward to seeing whatever my mother has yeah. baked up for the family this evening when I get to San Diego. Again, 91 degrees. She's probably cooking outside, <laughs> too. Yeah. And hopefully you're thoroughly hungry now. And again, I'll put that HowSweetEats.com mm. on the podcast, Today's Second Cup. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Please join me, Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers, and other listeners of Modern Day E-Radio as we pray an act of faith. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O my God, I firmly believe that you are one God in three divine persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe that your divine Son became man and died for our sins, and that he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe these and all the truths which the Holy Catholic Church teaches because you have revealed them who can neither deceive nor be deceived. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. Some are morning people. <sighs> Others are not. <laughs> Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 8.56 at Mater Day Radio. Take one last look at your forecast as we head to the weekend. Again, areas of fog this morning, high of 69 degrees. Mostly clear overnight tonight, low of 53. And then mostly cloudy for Saturday, 66 Sunday, well, kind of Saturday night into Sunday, it looks like the showers roll in. Currently, 59 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, it is Jesse Manabusen, The Life You're Living. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
That is Jesse Montabusen, The Life You're Living. It's A59 at Mater Day Radio. Well, look at that. That wraps it up for a week. David and Brenda with you on this Friday. Thank you so much for tuning in all week long. To all of our guests who joined us, you are wonderful listeners. We do appreciate it. And uh, now we'll continue our discussion off the air about beans. Okay. Yes. I, I know. That was a long discussion was a, in the yes. break, wasn't it? <laughs> that is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend View from the Pew on this evening at 730. You can catch the podcast a little bit earlier. We're talking about internet addiction. All right. All right. We hope you have a very blessed day.